So I was there on a Saturday to see um, the 1933 version of Little Woman. But with all that, you like me, eh? Oh, yes, sir, I do. I do, I do. And it's, you know, it's obviously a very impressive sight in the middle of the Palo Alto street. You've got the big marquee that kind of juts out in a triangle um, out into the street with the, with the Stanford logo. Um, it's all lit up in red and, and yellow light bulbs. Really stands out in the midst of uh, the Palo Alto setting. Welcome to The Daily Brew from the Stanford Daily. In this episode, we'll be hearing snippets from Daniel Wu's magazine article, The Big Picture. The real, uh, the real experience is once you get into the auditorium. It's a kind of like, it's, it's an imposing large space. You have rich velvet red curtains. There are patterned columns on either side, kind of soft red lights up um, on, on the walls that kind of like diffuse upwards. When we all sat down and the movie came on, and obviously in that kind of like old style projector where it's kind of like a flickering light in the, with the imperfections of the, of the film reel, there's a big organ that rises out of the orchestra pit, and an organist will, will play a whole set of music during the intervals. That creates a, a really special atmosphere, especially to be able to find that here in, in Palo Alto, um, in the middle of Silicon Valley. I was able to interview Cindy Mortensen, who is the theater manager. So I grew up watching um, like King Kong and Warner Brothers movies and things from the 30s and 40s. Um, Jerry Nagano, who is one of the organists. My mom played piano for Sunday school, and my dad got one of these small little home organs so she could practice to play for church services. And um, Phil Krakow, who is the projectionist. As a kid, so in my basement, I set up a little projector with 8mm films, and I would show them to the kids on the block. They are all motivated very much by passion for classic cinema. All of them talked about film being a part of their childhoods and expressed disappointment and, and concern that the, the medium, the way in which they, they can be watched is, is different now. Some theaters are closing down, it, that it's, um, the market's only getting more intense. But Netflix, if we're gonna take a look at the streamers, uh, 24 Oscar nods. We're even bringing the Apple TV app to Roku and Amazon to give consumers complete control and to start the binge era. But I think she also saw opportunity in that places like the Stanford Theater are only going to, be, going to become more special as fewer of them remain. It'll be increasingly more unusual and special as time goes by. So I'm just hoping that um, we continue with our on our mission and people will continue to appreciate it and sit in the dark and <laughs> be enchanted by what they see. I always tell my friends who are not film buffs, if there's a particular uh, landmark film and they have not seen it, they should wait and see it in a movie theater. So if you're going to see Gone with the Wind, don't, put, don't bring it up on Netflix. Yeah. Go to a theater and see it on a big screen. Cindy, Jerry, Phil, they're all great examples of how really passionate artists and enthusiasts can keep a practice alive. As long as these theaters continue to be run and operated by people who, who share this passion and who are willing to, to work really hard and, you know, go the extra mile to keep these experiences available to the public and reproduce that passion for film, then places like the Stanford Theater are going to be just fine. Our role now is 
even more important than it was when I started working here because for a lot of people this is uh, younger people right. this is their introduction to classics film and it's going to be even more important as time goes by no matter what the future brings as time goes by Daniel's full article can be found at the link in our description or at the Stanford Daily website. Special thanks to Wangi Jung for producing this episode.